you're a student, you are dismissed to go be with Miss Francis or Miss Sherry and Mr. Nick and Miss Ivy. Welcome. I greet you in the name of my Savior. I'm glad you're here today. Bless you. Um, if you're a guest with us today, uh, if we're a little teary, um, uh, dear lady in our church passed away Wednesday, and uh, we're sad. Um, I, I don't think there's anybody in this room any more sad than me. Um, Sherry Esther was a good friend to me. I thought all week long about, I've told you before, one of the greatest movies of all time is Tombstone. And uh, there's a scene in Tombstone where they're about to have this big, huge, last fight between the good guys and the bad guys. And one of Wyatt Earp's um, buddies is um, getting ready for the fight. And he turns around and Doc Holliday, uh, who is deathly ill, is standing there. And the guy, other guy turns around and says, well, Doc... What are you doing here? You're, man, you're on death's door. And uh, Doc Holliday said, Wyatt Earp is my friend. And the guy says, well, I have lots of friends. And Doc Holliday said, well, I don't. Um, Sherry Esther was a true, loyal, faithful friend to me. Uh, and uh, I lost a good friend Wednesday, and I'm, I'm, I hate that. Gosh, I hate it with all my heart. Um, if you have a good friend, you be thankful because they're not as plentiful as many of us think. Um, we have a hole in our church. Um, I sent out a text to y'all. Thursday, and almost every one of you, and almost, I probably sent it, sent it out to 100 people, 120 people. I bet I got 100, if I sent it to many of you, I bet I got 100 responses. Many of you that I had no idea really, I mean, you knew that she stood up here and told us that we ought to worship the Lord, and... Uh, She's an African-American lady. We don't have that many here. Okay, so I knew you knew who she was. <laughs> um, but what you communicated to me in your responses is that you had experienced her love. You knew her. She had made it a point to come and speak to you and to get to know you. And uh, I did not know that. And uh, I'm... Very grateful, and um, I'm just praying that God will raise some of us that have come in late, sat down in the corner, sort of semi-hid, and the minute you got through with the Lord's Supper, you ran out of here like you're on fire, uh, hoping that God will raise up a few of us that will see the body of Christ the way Sherry saw us. And will our health and our feeling welcome and loved and apart. 
Uh, you're thinking, well, maybe is the, is the Lord, talk, is he talking to me about this? Let me go on and tell you he is. And so I would like for you to just feel that. Okay? Um, I'm not doing the funeral today, so don't get nervous about that. That'll be Saturday. And I, I'll, I'll talk about Sherry in more detail. Um, she was a unique lady, though. And uh, she was really, she loved her hair. Uh, now, it was always a different, uh, you know, she loved a different person just about every week, but she, she loved her hair. Um, she loved her cooking. She considered herself a great cook. Uh, she loved that dead gum dog, Bo. Uh, uh, she, she had a lot of things that she loved and she'd make me laugh about it. She, was, she loved humor. She loved to be funny. She loved to laugh. Um, I said she loved me. And um, she loved this church. And she loved y'all. She would send me you know, things about y'all that she wanted me to pray about and be aware of and to offer to help with. And she was always thinking about the body. Um, if, you, if you knew Sherry at all, one of the things that stood out, at least stood out to me, was that Sherry had a, 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 a peace that a lot of us as Christians never had, never have. Um, she was not, she had a difficult life in many ways. She went through difficulties, real difficulties. But she was just a, a, the kind of a person that under her difficulties, there was a peace that she experienced and exuded and that she could stand on. Um, um, that was... You know, unique. She was just, she wasn't, and I'm, I'm not trying to be critical of any of y'all, but Sherry was not fragile. Fall ups, we live in a world of fragile people. And the littlest thing happened, and we fall apart and got to stay in the bed for three days and take 10 Xanaxes and drink two bottles of wine. And, you know, oh, I don't know if we're going to get through it. You know, I just, oh, got to go. That was not who Sherry was. That's not who she was. She was. She was tough, and uh, she would, she, anyway, she's just a tough lady, and she had an underlying piece that she didn't lose when she went through difficulty. Um, and I, I admired that very much. Um, Psalm chapter 4 says, many people... Ask, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than all who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. In peace, I lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, 
will keep me safe. Sherry laid down on Wednesday. (laughs) And as far as I understand, she laid down to take a nap after walking that dog. And uh, laid down in peace. And woke up in the presence of the Lord in peace. Um, And I wanted us just to talk about the peace of God just for a second. John chapter 14 verse uh, 27 says, Jesus says these words. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I, Jesus, I give people peace and I give it to people in a way that is unlike how they receive other things from the world. The peace that I give is unique and the way I give it to people is unique. It's one of my favorite verses. Um, It reminds me that God offers us peace, His peace, freely. Um, It reminds me that we live in a very scary world filled with very scary, anxious, worried people. But in the midst of that scariness, that fear, that worry, that anxiety, God offers those that will receive it a peace that allows us not to be enslaved to fear, to worry, to anxiety. I know that some of you would disagree with me and you just need to read the Bible more and pray more and you'll come on my side eventually. Uh, But God on this earth, God does not promise us wealth. He doesn't promise us health. He doesn't promise us success. He doesn't promise us popularity. He doesn't promise us happy families. He doesn't promise us a long life. He doesn't promise us good looks. Clearly, some of y'all, I mean, obviously. uh, (laughs) um, But John 14, 27 declares, Jesus declares, He promises to give us a peace that is unique and supernatural and that is above and beyond any difficulties that we would encounter. It's amazing. It's an amazing peace. And God promises us that. So I wonder why so many of us that would say, I know the Lord. The Lord lives in my heart. I wonder why that peace doesn't seem to be there 
It's not, it's, it's not there in a way that other people can go, wow, in death, in sickness, in poverty, in turmoil, in pain, I see that peace. I wonder, wonder why Sherry displayed that peace in the midst of, of things that many of you have no idea about. There was that peace there. Wonder why most of us or many of us don't find that peace active and available and present like Sherry did. I don't have all the answers to that question. But I would give you a couple. Let me just tell you a couple of thoughts. One is... The Bible says in Galatians 5 that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Okay? In my way of thinking, that means that only God can create peace within us. But, if you got an apple tree, a little extra light, sunlight, water, and fertilizer... I can't create oranges, but I can enhance them. I can't create apples, but I can make a tree that was producing a little bit produce more. Right? So, I think that there are things that we can do. I think there are things that Sherry did. I know, I don't think anything. I know, because she told me. There were things that Sherry did that I believe allowed the Holy Spirit's peace to grow and deepen and be more abundant. Um, in several passages that I thought about this week, um, Paul says, and Jesus, Jesus in Matthew 5 said, Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are people that make Peace. And then Paul means maybe he says that we should strive for peace. Paul loved to say things in a way that made people smile because in that language, striving is the opposite of peace, right? If you're striving, well, there's no peace there. If you've got a strifeful marriage, that's not peaceful. So for him to say, strive for peace. He was saying, there's something you got to do. It doesn't just fall down on you like rain out of the sky. That there's things that we've got to do, that we've got to work on. And when we do these things, it puts fertilizer on the apple tree. It shines the sun on the orange tree. It, it adds rain to the, to the whatever kind of tree, the, the, the banana tree, whatever it is. Um, there are things that we can do that cause God's peace to flourish and grow and be more abundant. And uh, I know that those verses, um, it was Hebrews 12, where it's, Paul says, strive for peace. That's where it is. Um, uh, I know that when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, and in Hebrews 12 where Paul says, strive for peace, I know he's talking primarily about relational peace. 
But it doesn't say that it doesn't. Why would we draw the conclusion that as I work on creating peace externally between me and you, why would I not think that I ought to work on developing peace internally as well? That's just the way I, I see it. I ought to, there's some things that I can do, and I'm going to show them to you real quickly, um, that we can do to develop God's peace. Or allow, maybe it's, whether it's developing God's peace, or whether it's just removing the, the clutter, so that God's peace, which is already there, can be displayed. You pick, you know, you can pick whichever of those analogies you like. Okay, let me, let me give them to you real quickly. Um, Psalm 119 says this. Those that love thy law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. It's it's, uh, Psalm 119, 165. Those that love thy law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. If you knew Sherry Hester, Sherry Hester loved God's Word. She talked to me about the Bible all the time. She asked me questions all the time. She told me what she thought all the time. She would challenge me on things that I said. I owe to get a text or an email from somebody that's not complaining about the light. Why don't we close those curtains? It's too hot. My seat's hard. The, uh, uh, the, the music's not what I like. Uh, and I'm like, kill me. Please kill me. Please kill me. Somebody kill me. And to get an email or a text from somebody that goes, Hey, you said this. I, wanna, I want you to explain that to me or I want you to, I want to challenge you about that. Let's talk about the Word of God. Oh. Sherry loved the Word of God. And she knew that people that fill their lives with the Word of God on a daily basis, they experience God's peace. She read the Bible every day. She, re- she read through her Bible with me. She loved the Word of God. And she exuded peace. She read the Bible. She was learning who God was. She was learning how God operates. She was learning the way God relates to people. God's ways, God's priorities, God's passions, they weren't a surprise to her. They weren't a shock to her. They weren't foreign to her. She was learning about the God that lived inside of her. Sherry was not satisfied with Jesus being her Savior. Jesus was her Savior. And she'd look you square in the eye and say, Susan, Jesus Christ came into my life when I invited Him in and He died on the cross for me and He's going to take me to heaven someday. And she was as confident of that as I am. But that wasn't enough for Sherry. I want Jesus to... I want Jesus and Sherry wanted Jesus 
to be her counselor, her friend, her defender, her, her light, her spiritual bread. She wanted Jesus to be more than just her savior, her comforter, her defender, her king. She read the Bible every day. And because she did, she was growing in her understanding that Jesus would never let her go. He would never give up on her. He would never abandon her. He would never break a promise to her. She was were that he had made. We listen to this craziness that we call Christian radio and Christian TV. That's his way. That's like thinking that they're... Never mind. Um, it's, it's craziness. Craziness. And they, they say, oh, God's promised you this and God's promised you that. She claimed it and she walked in it and she experienced the blessings of that. And it wasn't just because some knothead wanting your money had said a bunch of baloney. She knew that the God that lived inside her was in control of the details of her life. And she knew that the God of the universe was holding her tightly and would continue to do so until she stood before him in his presence. How did she know that? Because the Bible told her so. She loved the Word of God and the Word of God created peace in her life. Uh, Philippians 4 says, God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So fix your mind on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise. Sherry understood that what you put in your heart and mind through your eyes and ears and mouth, it will ultimately drive your life and define your life. Some of you are really big into what you eat. Y'all ransom at that um, uh, whole, food, whole Foods and bully for y'all for doing it. God, I hope you just keep making lots of money. Uh, uh, anyway, and that's good. And you check, you read the, the, the signs on the backs of jars and, and cans and uh, you know all the things that are going on with all that. And that's, that's fine. That, that's good for you for doing that. Sherry understood that what you put into your eyes and your ears and what comes out of your mouth affects your life, your soul, your spirit profoundly. 
Sherry understood because we talked about it. You can't feed the spirit with the flesh. Spirit can't eat flesh. Spirit can't accept or receive flesh. And so when I put fleshly things in my life, it, it doesn't get in my spirit. If anything, it, it squelches and crushes my spirit. Sherry was careful about those things. I'm not saying she was perfect. She wasn't perfect. But she, was, she understood that the spirit of peace produces peace where he is honored, where he is not shamed or um, quenched or grieved by what comes out of your mouth, what, what we watch, what we listen to, what we get involved in, how we live our lives. She was very aware that to experience the peace of God, you, we need to live a life that is noble, that is holy, that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Um, she, she was aware of that. That was a priority to her. And if you knew her, you know that. She was careful about that. Philippians chapter 4 goes on to say, Don't worry about anything, but pray about all things. And tell God your needs. And give thanks for all that God has done. And you will experience His peace, which is beyond all that we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Sherry prayed. She prayed every day. And what made her such a great lady, one, thing, one of the things, she didn't just pray about me and mine. My stuff, my family, my little world. Sherry, Sherry's perspective was bigger. She prayed for me every day. She prayed for you. She prayed for... Sherry understood that people that experience the peace of God, they have learned that we can't carry the burdens of this life. And so we better find somebody bigger and stronger who we can roll our cares and burdens and sin and failures and guilt and shame and attacks and battles. Somebody that says, I'll carry those for you. You can't carry your family. I'll carry your family for you. You can't fix your marriage. You can't take, you cannot provide for your family. You cannot heal the wounds that you experienced as a child. You can't fix Washington. You can't, whatever. Oh, I'd love to carry that for you. Would you get up this morning and say, God, I don't want you to be my co pilot, he's my properly. God, I want you to be the one that carries my problems. Let me name them. 
Let me give them to you one by one. And in the process of giving God our problems, God says, I'll take the problems and I'll replace it with my peace. Sherry learned that. She learned that peace comes from daily entrusting her problems and needs and desires to God. She learned that prayer and peace go together like peas and carrots. She learned that prayer needs to be our first choice rather than our last resort. She prayed every day. She prayed and she gave God her battles and cares and failures and needs and hopes and dreams. And she experienced the peace of God instead or as a result. Psalm 85 says, I'll listen to God's commands for, his, for He has promised peace to all His faithful servants. Ooh. I will listen to God's commands for He has promised His peace to His faithful servants. I don't know how Sherry got it. But most of us in this room, we see God as an ATM. When I need you, I know where to find you and I am glad you're available. Sherry saw God as her master. And she lived her life with a desire to serve Him. Sherry understood that you can never serve anyone any more profoundly or wonderfully than to serve a man's bride. Sherry served Christ's bride. She loved the church. And not just the church. Woo! Church! Church! No, no, no. Her church. Her church. She didn't go to 50 churches a year. No, no, no. She came to her church. She loved her church. She served her church. She owned this place. And this place owned her. She was committed to this. She was a faithful person to the one that she was married to. She was married to this place. She loved this. She loved me. She loved y'all. She was on the leadership team and she loved that group of people. And she, she served the Lord. She sacrificially, faithfully served the Lord. 
I would love to spend two days talking about that. But I won't. I'll just say lastly that Colossians chapter 3 says, Clothe yourselves with mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience, and make allowances for other people's faults and forgive people who offend you Don't forget that the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. And clothe yourselves with love. Which binds us in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. For God has called you to live a life of peace. I knew Sherry Hester intimately. I don't know of one person that she hadn't forgiven. You know the people we hadn't forgiven, don't you? They're the ones we talk about a lot. They're the ones that anytime you get into a real conversation, their name comes up. Their name comes up. You know what they did to me? You know how bad they hurt me? You know how bad they wronged me? Now, I'm, I'm not mad at them. <laughs> yeah. Sherry Hester understood that if she wanted to experience the peace of God, she had to forgive people. And people wronged her. her just like your family and my family, nutty as bats. And they drove her crazy and hurt her deeply. She forgave them. She had friends that disappointed her and wronged her. She forgave them. She had relationships in the past where people wronged her and hurt her. She forgave them. Why? She valued the peace of God. Do I hold on to grievances and hate and anger and ill will? Or do I hold on to the peace of God? And Sherry, being a smart cookie, said, I think I'll pick the peace of God both. Every day and twice on Sunday. Because you can't hold on to both. You cannot hold on to both. Sherry recognized that part of experiencing the forgiveness of God was being given the responsibility the desire, and the ability to forgive others. And because she did, she walked in the peace of God. Isaiah 54 says that though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, Yet my unfailing love will never be shaken, nor my covenant of peace ever be removed from you. Thus saith the Lord. God said, I'll never take away my love, Bethany. But I'm making a covenant of peace with you. There's something extra. God said. 
I want you to have peace in a world that lacks it. That doesn't understand it and that can't find it. I want you to walk in peace and I make a covenant with you. A covenant of peace. It's available. I want you to enjoy it. But there are some things that will help you experience it, hold on to it, protect it, develop it, multiply it, make it unshakable. When big storms crash into your life, it'll, it'll still be there. Read the Bible. Be careful what you put in your mind, in your heart, in your eyes, your ears, your mouth. Learn to pray. Learn to talk to God. Serve me. Get up in the morning and rather than saying, God, I'm going to do what I... Like my grandson. My grandson gets up every morning. You know what he's... You know what he's, he, he's, made a, he's got a life verse. I'm going to live life the way I want to. And I hope that all of you will follow behind me and help me accomplish it. That's his life verse. I'm going to do what I want. And everybody needs to join in and making that a success. But he's three. Many of us, we're still getting up doing that. That's still our life verse. God says, you want my peace? Serve me. Serve me. Follow me. Obey me. And you got to forgive. You got to forgive. But God, you don't understand. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Notice the very first thing that Jesus wanted to announce when he came to the earth as a little baby. In Luke 2, the angel said, Peace on earth among those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth among those that God is pleased. Is God pleased with you today? If you, if you could imagine God looking at you right now. Would he be smiling? Would he be going, yay. Bethany walked in today. And you know the first thing I did, all these people testify. I said, yay. I saw her face and I said, yay. If God was looking at you right now, would he be saying yay? If we have swapped our sin for his righteousness, if we've let his death on the cross pay for our debt of wrong, then when God sees me, he sees his son and I can flat... I can't guarantee you very much, but I can guarantee you this. When the father looks at his son, he goes, yay. 
And if when he sees me, he sees his son, it is reasonable to believe that he's saying, yay. We're going to eat bread and we're going to drink wine as a declaration that the favor of God rests upon us. Not because we are good, but because God is good. Not because we have lived an exemplary life, but because Jesus lived a perfect life. Not because we have suffered for God, but because we believe that Jesus suffered for us. If it is your hope and your joy, your confidence that Jesus died for you and is your Savior and that He lives in your life, then I declare to you that God is pleased with you. His favor, eat and you drink. And if that is true, then you come and you eat and you drink and you remember and you give thanks. Okay? Um, Bobby, you and Susan come help me, please, if you don't mind. Juice uh, is yellow. Wine is purple. You come. There'll be people on my right and my left that would love to pray with you if you need prayer.